Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. You're back for another episode. I am really excited about this one because thanks to Linda for suggesting this one. Um, This almost made it to episode number 50. Um, It was a very, very close second with the episode that actually made it to our um, milestone episode. But this one I wanted to include anyways because I just love the idea of it. So today we're talking about the top seven lessons that I've learned since starting my business. Now, Linda wanted me to share my top five and I was listing them out. There were, there were a couple more than five I wanted to include. So I've expanded it. So this is my top seven list. I almost thought about going Dave Letterman style and doing my top 10, but I thought, no, I want to keep it still on the shorter side and on point. So let's dive in friend. We are going to start off with a number seven. Let's go, let's go um, highest to lowest. Okay. Like let's really do this a la David Letterman. (laughs) So if any of you remember what that was like, we start at, we started at 10 and we go down to one because I only have seven. We're going to start at number seven. So number seven, slow down to speed up slow down to speed up. Now, what I learned with this particular lesson is that sometimes, and you're going to hear it later on when I give you um, the top number one lesson, this one is at odds with me. I, on the Colby scale, I am a 6862. So I'm a little bit of an anomaly because I, I, I work pretty quick. And as a result, my natural instinct is if it can be done right now, I am going to jump to it, which means that this particular lesson has been a hard fought one for me, friend. It's been a long time coming. And my team will tell you that this has been a hard one for us to go through because we've had a lot of bumps along the way. What does this mean? Well, it means that what we've had to do is really look at everything that we're doing in the business. And I literally mean everything, everything from who's doing what, to what systems we're using, to what we are promoting, what we are sharing in terms of our free content and the way that that we serve our audience and our community members. Literally everything right now has been under review. And a lot of this has been in order for us to start accelerating and to speed things up. But what we have done in the past is that we have had to continually patch holes where Uh, we speed up and then something gets missed and we've had to go back and fix those cracks in our foundation. Now, if you are one of my clients, if you are one of my students, you know that I have a pretty solid, like rock solid foundation in terms of the way that I structure my business, the way that we do business as proper business owners and the way that I have my team set up. So that is not what I'm talking about. But at the same time, there are lots of moving parts, especially when it comes to running a digital online automated business. And that's what I'm talking about. Everything from um, team communication to 
being able to uh, onboard our clients properly to even small things like who the heck is changing out graphic images when we are doing a live promotion on our social media feed. So all of these things <laughs> got bump in the night and it has caused friction. And so as a result, what we've decided is that it's better to slow down in order to speed up because we don't want to have to spend a lot of time having to duplicate efforts and to redo things over and over again, because that has caused the greatest amount of frustration and friction, not only for me as a creative visionary in my my role as a CEO, but for my team, because it feels like they're being pulled in a million different directions and that's not fun for anyone. So that's one of the biggest things that I would say that we have been facing, especially in the last year or so, is that it is better for us to go slow in order to get all of these other pieces and to make sure that we are doing things um, as much as possible with executing with excellence, which is one of our core values without waiting for perfection because that's not going to happen anytime soon. So number six, okay, my sixth top lesson. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. Now, again, this one has taken a while um, because as a former recovering people pleaser and somebody who is a servant leader, I'm here to serve you, friend. And I know that in the past, there have been times where in my online business, at least, um, because this has not been such a big issue for me when I was in my corporate career. I had very, very strict boundaries. Um, but in my online business, because there was so much gray, there are so many areas that I was, I didn't feel like I was an expert in and that I was still learning. It was a lot easier for me to just say yes to everything. And it left me burnt out. It left me exhausted. It left me hating a lot of the parts of my business that previously were giving me a lot of, of joy, a lot of satisfaction. And what I realized, because I, I faced this in this kind of first iteration of my business, was just because a client on paper looks okay does not mean that they are a perfect fit for me. And it is okay to let go of them. And I, I teach this to my clients inside of Sell With More Ease. And the reason why I teach them this very specific point is because I have struggled with it myself. And now with everything in my business, this goes for every single thing, whether it's a program that I've created, a client that could work with me, a tool that we're going to use, a team member that gets onboarded, because we have, again, tried to go out of our way to preserve personal relationships um, and to be able to honor the spirit and the, the intentions of the people that we're working with. So I'll give you an example. Um, we just recently, or actually there was a couple of things, um, because again, this is something that <laughs> It's been a lesson that I've learned throughout my business. Um, and when I have been working with team members, a lot of times we work off of referrals, um, meaning that somebody close to me has referred somebody to fill a position or fill a void or to provide a, a layer of expertise that is important for me to have inside of my business. Now, this has been at the very beginning of my business as well as just recently. And so oftentimes when I get a referral from somebody that I already have a relationship with that I know, like, and trust, that referral now has more weight. Meaning that if you were to send me a referral and I already know you and, and I say, I need to hire um, uh, a video editor as an example, right? Like I need somebody to just quickly edit some videos and put some thumbnails and make it look pretty and do all the creative jazzy hand stuff. Um, 
if somebody sent me a referral and it was from someone that I have a really high regard for, it would, again, I know talked about this before, relationship currency, it transfers that, that relationship over to the new person. Now, in the past, what I have allowed this to do is that I have allowed it to cloud my judgment in a way where I have I've made excuses for the lack of expectations or the lack of results with that individual simply because I had a really good relationship with the person who referred them to me. And I realized that I have to stop doing that. And so that means that if it's not a hell yes, and I know right away, then it needs to be a hell no. And I need to honor my, um, my viewpoint and my beliefs and, and again, trust myself that I know what I'm doing and I know how I feel and I know what's showing up for me is what's the most relevant. So that has been a hard fought lesson as well. Um, and I'm curious to see from you, is this an area that you struggle with? Cause I know that oftentimes with, uh, you know, type A, recovering uh, people pleasers, servant leaders, this is an area that I, I hope that I'm not going to struggle with anymore. But I also know myself and that that's, this is probably an area that I will have uh, a little bit more work to do for sure. So I'd love to hear from you if this is an area that you are struggling with as well. Um, number five, progress, not perfection. Now, I will say as again, another... <laughs> I feel like I'm laying out all my cards on the table here today, but I uh, am a recovering perfectionist. I used to want everything done a very, very specific way, and it had to be done exactly right, or it just wasn't good enough. And I will say having kids, ugh, I mean, that's a whole other thing, but between having kids and a dog, I've gotten rid of a lot of that. I call myself a recovering perfectionist, but I will say that as I have gotten better and better in terms of my overall health and well-being, that some of this keeps popping back up. And I have to keep reminding myself that the name of the game is progress, that I'm looking for incremental improvements and that it doesn't have to be perfect to be sent out of the gate. Now, my team and I have discussed what is our minimum viable product? What is the minimum viable amount for anything that we do, any project, any task, anything that we're putting forward for our clients in order to not only create a really exceptional customer experience, but ultimately knowing that we're going to continue to iterate and iterate and improve. Because that's one of the things that my clients know me for is that we focus on the 1% improvement and I can't teach that and also live a very different way of life, right? And so for me, uh, the biggest lesson has been all about progress, making progress and continuing to make progress. Because I feel like sometimes when I look back at some of the things that I've done in my business, I have... Um, I've done it once or I've done it a couple of times. And then I just realized like it's not improving as much as I want it to improve. And so I'm just going to leave it because it's not as good as I want it. And I know for myself that that is something that I need to get better at. It is an area that I need to provide some focus on because instead of recreating the wheel over and over again, I just need to take that same wheel and make it better, smooth out the edges, allow it to roll faster. Does that make sense? And so for me, that has been a really big one that I'm going to keep uh, carrying forward into the next um, in, into the next bit of my business here. Number four, number four uh, of my top 
lessons learned since starting my business. Number four is you can do anything. You can do anything. It doesn't mean that you have to do anything or everything. In fact, I encourage you not to do those things that are not within your, your genius zone. But that being said, I know that for some of you, you listening right now, you, you may be it. Like you may be literally wearing all the hats in your business and you're wondering how the heck am I going to do all the things? Well, here's the thing. You don't necessarily have to do all the things all at once, but please know this because your words are powerful. And I remember when I first started my business, I kept saying, I'm not good at tech. I'm not good at tech. I'm not good at tech. And if you've been in my audience, if you've been part of my community uh, from the very beginning, you will maybe re even recall me saying that I've said it on video multiple times. And I no longer say that because I am good at tech, but it didn't take me one try or two tries just like uh, our previous lesson where progress, not perfection, I kept making progress. Is that my zone of genius? No, it's not. Now I'm grateful. I have team members that do that. But even when they're doing all of the tech pieces, I still very much am the strategic vision holder. And so I know that if I had to, I can do anything in my business. And oftentimes I do do certain pieces of my business, especially in the beginning, because I need to know how it's going to work and how I can teach people and how I can make sure that all of the pieces that we need to integrate make the most sense. Does that mean that I'm going to do it all the time forever? No. And that's why for me, this has been a big lesson because I remember, I remember thinking, I can't do anything technical and that everything technically related to my business, because let's face it, building an online business, most of the stuff that we do is technical. <laughs> like there's very little way to get around that, right? Um, yes, you can still pare down and have a very lean system, but the things that you probably have are still going to be some kind of technical tool or system. And I realized that I was doing myself a disservice by continuing to say that, to perpetuate that belief when it really wasn't true. When I am smart, I am um, motivated, I am driven, I am committed, and I am coachable. And so because of all of those things, I knew that if I put my mind to it and I had access to the right information that would teach me, I could do and I can do anything. And I know that that's the truth for you as well. The biggest lesson that I learned around this is that if I give myself enough space and time to do the things that I need to do, and I really think about what it is that I need in my business and whether or not that's me or somebody else in my business that needs to do it, anything is possible. Anything can be done. And um, that took me Again, that took me a while because as I shared with you at the very beginning, I kept saying, and I probably said it for, gosh, a good two years. It, it took me a while before one day I, I woke up and I realized, wait, because I think it was my team member who said, you're really good at tech, Susan. And I looked at them and I thought, are you for real? <laughs> Do you know what you just said? And when I thought about all the things that I, I'm was able to do, I mean, I set up complete sales pages, sales funnels, uh, integrations with our email service provider. I set up all of these things that at the very beginning of my business, did I have any idea how to do? No, not at all. But a year and two years in, did I 
did I know how to do that? Did I have the capabilities? Absolutely. And so know that if you're here right now and you're thinking, well, I can't do this, I want you to flip that. This, And I wish somebody had uh, actually called me out on that um, particular language and said, you really shouldn't say that, or it's not serving you to say that because you have the ability to change and you have the ability to turn this around. And I know that's the same for you, whatever right now that you feel like you are not the expert in, or that you are not as good at doing, if it's something that you want to learn, reframe that and just say, it's not something that I'm an expert at right now, but it's something that I'm committed to learning and improving. And maybe because you're here, that could be something like sales, right? So I know that if that's the truth for you, you can do anything and you can get better as long as you give yourself the space to be able to do so. Number three, oh, and this was a biggie. Um, you don't need to explain yourself to the right people. I found myself having to justify a lot of the decisions that I was making or to explain myself to folks, even people that I had paid to mentor me, right? My coaches, my the experts, the people who are running programs. And when I realized that I did not have to explain the way that I do certain things to the right people, the right people will stand by you. They will challenge you for sure. So this is not about having a whole bunch of yes people surround you. This is about having the right people who know your intentions, who know your heart, who know what type of person that you are and know your area like how genius you are at the thing that you do. And when you have that in front of you, you don't have to explain why you do things the way that you do. So I'll give you an example. Um, I had a, uh, a, a client who um, set up a VIP strategy day with me. And when I sat down and I went, okay, what do I need to provide to her in order to make sure that she's going to get the most out of the session in order for me to get the most out of the session so that it is the most impactful time that we're spending. And I created a worksheet. It was a, I'm going to say it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> Um, because we needed to really structure the thought process around the strategization that we were doing in a very uh, linear but still creative way so that we could capture all the brainstorming but be able to do it in such a strategic way that it really made sense for what she was trying to get as the end outcome. And I did not need to explain why I created the worksheet. I did not need to explain to her how it was structured. I did not need to explain any of this to her. And in fact, at the end of the session, um, part of her feedback was, thank you for creating that because it was really helpful to see that laid out. Like that was exactly what I needed in order to be able to go from A to Z and be able to understand how all the different offers that we already have are going to work together. And that this is essentially going to add easily another six figure or more to my bottom line as a result of having this all mapped out. And so on the flip side, I've had other people that have pushed tooth and nail tooth and nail. I mean, I'm talking about my highest level VIP clients where I realized, I mean, there's a, a, another hidden lesson in this where it was that clearly this particular person was not the right person for me. And in fact, we ended up um, uh, shortening our relationship and going our separate ways. But this was very early on in my business where I had a client and she pushed back on every single thing that I gave her 
every exercise. No, that's not going to work for me. That's, you know, my, my industry is different. Oh, my clients are very unique. That's not going to, that's not going to jive. I don't think that that's going to work well. Oh, can you adjust this for me? And I realized that I, so I was having to explain myself over and over and over again and have to justify why I was creating things and why I was getting her to do certain exercises in order to get her to the next stage of her business. And that to me indicated she was the wrong person. And she was, because what I've realized is that if people don't understand why I'm doing things the way that I do as a business owner, as a legitimate entrepreneur and business owner that has certain requirements for you to be able to operate with me. So there's certain, so as an example, if I have anybody who does not want to sign our legal agreements, we don't work together because I don't need to explain to you why I have a non-disclosure agreement, why I have contracts, why I have independent contractor agreements, like those things, even if you are giving me your own contract is important for me to have as a business owner, because they protect my rights and they protect my privacy and the privacy of my clients that I'm working with. It is extremely important to me. And I don't need to explain myself to the people who understand that. And that's what I've realized more and more um, as time has gone on that the right people for you, you don't need to explain anything. In fact, they rejoice. <laughs> they revel in the fact that you have these systems and these things in place because it, it puts their mind at ease and they now fully can support you in what it is that you're trying to do as well. Number two, be protective of your energy. I know you're here because you want strategies and tactics and maybe a little bit of a, the dash of woo or spiritual or the unknown. And this one is very much in that lane. Um, but being protective of your energy is not just from a, um, a physical standpoint, although I will say that that is very, very important. As an introvert, I know that my energy is finite. Um, there is a limit to how much I can process uh, with my health way that it is. There is there there's a hard like end. There's a stop to when I can keep going, and I need to recharge and refuel not only from a physical standpoint. Like I need to eat, I need to rest, I need to relax, I need to recharge, I need to recuperate. But it's also um, for me. Uh, part of this is energetic in terms of my spirituality, my faith, just being by myself, having time to kind of reset the clock and recharge my batteries to allow myself to go back to being a creative being. Um, and I have realized that there are certain people, and this goes again to big lesson number three, where I don't need to explain myself to the right people. There have been people that I have met both in person, online, that are... Um, what I call energy suckers. And if you have ever met somebody like this, then you know what I'm describing. They don't always, and this is not a negative thing, but it's just the way that they use energy and the way that I don't. And so if I'm around somebody that is draining my energy, simply because we're either opposites or that's just the way that their energy connects to mine, I know that I can't spend a lot of time with those folks. I can't because my energy will be literally drained from myself and I won't have anything left for me. So 
I now am ruthless about my energy. I am ruthless about how I spend my time because if I'm going to have back-to-back calls to support my clients, then I need to make sure that the next day is not back-to-back calls either. And I didn't do that at the beginning. I had designated uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as my client kind of call days. And, and then on Friday, I'd be wiped. And I didn't realize that it was because, I mean, what worked for me in corporate when I was technically healthy uh, on the outside um, was not actually in service of me. I had, I had made it through, but not because it actually served me. It was because I was forcing myself to do it. And so now I can structure my life and my business and my schedule, more importantly, exactly how it serves me. And energy is something that I, I take into account. So that is lesson number two. And drum roll, uh, lesson number one, lesson number one that I've, I've learned since starting my business is taking action. Taking action is the most important thing. Most important thing. Now, you can argue otherwise, but I will say that for me. The times where I have taken action over and over and over again consistently are the times where I have seen the biggest results in my business. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's really funny is not about taking perfect action. It's not even about taking necessarily the right action, um, which I know is sometimes uh, an anomaly, right? Because especially, again, for somebody who wants to do the right thing, who wants to to be good at what they do, it can be that, um, what, like, how do I decide? What do I, do I do the right thing? Do I do the wrong thing? Do I just keep going? Like, how do I do this when I know that I want to take action because money loves speed and money loves action. And I will say to you, because if you have noticed, as I have noticed that there are folks out there who are less qualified than you, way less qualified. But the thing that I notice that people are doing differently when they do achieve higher levels of success and higher levels of results is that they consistently take action. And it doesn't even seem to matter what that action is, It's the fact that they keep going. And what I want you to think about is a a young child, like a baby, right? When uh, a baby starts to become a toddler and they start to learn how to walk, the only way that you actually can learn how to walk is by doing it. As a parent, you physically can't walk for your kid. You can't I mean, yes, you can help. You can, you can guide and, and give them your fingers to hold on to so that they can kind of toddle and get a little bit of a better balance. But if they don't keep getting up when they fall down, they will never be able to keep going to learn how to walk. And at the end of the day, the kid that usually gets there, and yes, there, there are some you know, differentiating factors for sure, but I will say all other things being equal, all other things being equal, the kid that keeps getting up, the kid that is relentless in just continuing to go for it and go for it and go for it, no matter how many times they fall and stumble, the, that they are taking it as inevitable, that they will eventually be able to walk, <laughs> they will make it work. Those are the kids that you see like running down the hill within short order. And I know that for me, the periods of time where I have seen the biggest growth, the biggest success, the biggest results, and the biggest amount of people that I've been able to serve in my community are when I take more action. And yes, you need to balance that off with thoughtful regard and strategizing and just creative visioning. 
But at the same time, thinking is not the same as doing. And you can think your way to success, but still not be successful. And I know that for me, there have been times where I have overthought things and then you start thinking about a new thing, right? Like, oh no, I have a different idea. And you start thinking about that thing. And then you think about this thing. And at the end of the day, you still haven't made progress. You still haven't done anything. And I know that for me, when I have just said, I'm going to do something and I go and I do it right away. And it's, the shortest path from idea to taking action, the results come faster. The results come faster. And if I was to, to say anything about my journey and the biggest lessons that I have seen in my business uh, for myself and the, the biggest takeaways that I want to carry forward, there's two pieces. It is really about how do I make sure that the systems that I have in place, that the ways that I serve people, that I have been able to put as much thought in, into this as possible to improve the user experience, to make sure that my customers feel looked after and that they are going to be um, taken care of, right? So really slowing down so that I can speed up. But then the other part is how do I create space in my business so that I can feel free to take as much inspired action as possible whenever I feel the need, whenever I feel like I can serve somebody and I'm going to go ahead and do it without being handcuffed to the fact that there's a million different other pieces that are going to need to happen as a result of me having this uh, idea and being able to put it into action and to be able to just springboard and fly and know that, you know, if I take a leap off the cliff that my team myself, um, my clients, they will kind of catch us all collectively. We will all come together as we all kind of fly, fly, right? And so that for me is uh, kind of the culmination of all of these different points that I've shared with you today. My seven biggest lessons. Um, I would love to hear from you, regardless of where you are in your business, what's been your biggest takeaway? What's been your biggest takeaway? Because I would love to be able to do kind of a best of um, episode at some point in the future, compiling all of your biggest lessons and being able to share all of our insights as business owners, the things that we have come away with as our biggest takeaways and, and the aha moments and be able to share that with, with other folks. And so if you feel inclined to, please go ahead and the link will be in the show notes below. Um, but there's a little voicemail app on my podcast page where you can actually leave me a voicemail and we will uh, use that in um, a compilation episode. If we get enough respondents, I would love to be able to do this because I think we can learn so much from one another. And I just love the idea of this topic that Linda has suggested. So shout out to Linda. Thank you so much for suggesting this because uh, it was really, really fun to do. I hope this was helpful for you as you listen in on the biggest lessons that I have had so far in my business. I'm sure there are still many, many more to come. Um, this was just the tip of the iceberg for all of the different things that I have been able to learn in this crazy journey called entrepreneurship. And I appreciate you so much. If you would like my help to be part of of your journey, I would love to be able to support you. Come and join us when the doors open for Sales Mastery Society. The link for the waitlist will be below. As soon as the doors open, you will be the first to know. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you again on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. 
If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time. Thank you.